As more and more mutants emerge on the world stage, the war between Homo sapiens sapien and Homo sapiens superior seems inevitable. William Stryker devises a plan to kickstart the war and ensure he's on top. And the only people that can stand in his way are Magneto and the uncanny... The X-Men? X-Men. Well, how am I supposed to know what you want me to say? <laughs> okay, right off the top, Homo sapiens superior? Yeah, that's what... They're a subspecies. But Homo sapiens sapien is already... Smart, smart. Yeah. And now you've got smart, superior. superior. smart. <laughs> Is that really in the comic book? Yes. Oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was already arrogant as fuck. <laughs> Why not just make it worse? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. This week on Marvel Movie Night, we watched X2, subtitled X-Men United, although you don't ever see that anywhere. No. It should have just been called X-Men United. It would have been better, yeah. I don't know know what they were going for. It was 2003. Uh, Yes, 2003 movie written by Zach Penn, uh, directed by Brian Singer, same director as the first movie. Oh, I know why that sounds familiar. Never mind. And notable actors, of course, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Holly Berry, Ian McKellen, Anna Paquin, Rebecca Ramone. Uh, potato, potato. And you haven't heard it both ways. Quit that. <laughs> we said her name like 10,000 times. Uh, and so, so many more actors in this movie. Yeah. Um, you don't forget Alan Cumming. I know you don't know who he is. But he's he's kind of a big deal. A big deal? Yeah. Okay, so what do you think they spent on this movie, babe? Um I don't know. Um less than a hundred million. Nope. What? One ten. One ten. Hundred and ten million. Really? Yep. It grossed two fourteen domestic, four oh seven worldwide. Wow. Uh opening weekend made eighty five and a half. And spent two weeks at number one. And it didn't even have any Wolverine took us in it. And the Wolverine took us that you wanted was not there. Oh, I thought it was this movie. Uh, I guess not. Darn. I mean, really, I was waiting for it. The whole movie. <laughs> so movies you may have heard of that it competed with in the theater. Yes. Uh, Matrix 2. Ugh. It was a very popular movie. I know. Uh, until people saw it. Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah, okay. A little. God, is that that old? Yeah. A little indie cartoon called Finding Nemo. Oh, wow. Um, anger Management. God, we're old. Yeah. What I else? feel pretty. Um, <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, Gagaman. The second in that saga. Of 30. Terminator 3. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Dude. Wow. And we're old. Less than a month after this movie released, uh-huh. 
Hulk. Which one? The one you don't like. The one I don't want. Yeah. yeah. The one we're watching next week. Oh, yay. <laughs> you know, we didn't even watch that one. We bought that for Rose's birthday. She popped it in. There was no Edward Norton, and she went, no, and it got turned off. Yeah, that's what happens to most movies without Edward Norton in them. I mean, he's not in enough movies. <laughs> Somebody should really, you know, tell him. Somebody really should tell him that he's awesome. I agree. Well, no, I meant that he needs to be in more movies. <laughs> <laughs> I I adore him. He is spectacular. Just, uh, you know, what was the name of that movie he was in? The first one I saw him in was the one with Richard Gere. Oh. The, the Archbishop Murder. Yes. I don't remember the name of that movie. No. Um, dang. But there's this moment in the movie where you realize that what you thought was happening wasn't happening. And he he turned into a completely different person. It, it just like yeah. right in front of your eyes, physically, he turned into a different person. It was really wild. And that was the moment I was like, oh, dude, that guy's going places. And that was probably 30 years ago now. Crap. You could skip all that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quick first impressions. <laughs> I hate it. That I really, really loved this movie. <laughs> I really liked it. These are so much better than the, all the other ones. It was solid. I, I X-Men might be my thing. I love you. <laughs> you already loved me. <laughs> I do this movie this movie is exactly what I've been asking for. And I, I don't I the kids. 2003. You must have been gone or something. I didn't get to see this movie. I didn't know anything about it. This is what I've been asking for. It was mostly story. Yeah, May of 03. I don't think I was back from Iraq yet. Yeah. Well, you'd be the only reason I would have watched these anyway. And I'm going to pick it apart. I've got problems with it. Of course you do. What is this? <laughs> but. I thought I was the one that didn't like this. This thing. was a solid movie. It was. There was the right amount of action. There was, it was almost entirely character driven. Yeah. If, if you are a fan of the books because of the interpersonal relationships that these characters have, mm -hmm. this movie should not disappoint you. And I will say, I didn't even notice the, until the end of the movie when somebody got thrown you know, the thing I complained about in the other yeah. movie, it still looked a little bit stiff and awkward, but was not as bad as the first one. Yeah. Um, but you've got uh, Magneto as a uh, a heroic villain. Yeah, well, which is confusing, but that's why I, I like him. You've got delving into Wolverine's mysterious past. You've got Rogue struggling with the use of her powers and her inability to touch people she cares about. Yeah. That's so, I mean, and that really, that that puts a whole story in your head of Storm. how her life's going to go. Sorry, just talk over you. I was excited. <laughs> uh, Storm showed the fuck up. Yeah. Um, oh, in a big way. Yeah. This movie, this movie ticked all my boxes. All right. So let's, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of. Let's just dive in. Okay. Um, we get our Marvel Entertainment opener for this movie, which uh, we said we'd keep track of. 
Um, and we start with Professor X uh, giving us another uh, explanation of mutants and evolution and... Yeah, they're not. he's not going to do that every time, is he? I don't know. We don't really need that every time. Um, and then we jump to a tour of the White House, wherein Nightcrawler is uh, attacking the president. It was Alan Cumming. And... I haven't seen this in a while, and I forgot what the hell was happening, and I was very upset that they had Nightcrawler as a bad guy off the bat. Yeah. Nightcrawler is one of the truest white hats of the X-Universe. Well, now that I've seen that whole movie, it makes sense. But when yeah. you said that, you <laughs> When you yelled it at the top of your lungs, the beginning of the movie, I was like, well, looks like a bad guy to me, though. Yeah. Uh, Although, to be fair, some presidents, I guess it just depends on where you're sitting at the table, whether he's a bad guy or not. Nightcrawler joins the team with... That was a joke. You were supposed to laugh. Oh, I'm sorry. I was framing myself and not actually listening to you. I'll laugh when I go through the edit. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen when I talk. You do do that a lot. I make a joke and you're thinking and off into another universe. You're in the 616. I am in the 616. Nightcrawler joins the team with the giant size X-Men relaunch. Um, oh, the book. In the comics, yes. Uh, <laughs> the giant sized what? Giant sized X-Men. It was the relaunch. Uh, the book faltered. That title just makes me laugh every time you say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> the book faltered. They went into a period of reruns, and then after a couple of years, they relaunched the the book uh, with giant size X Men. The original X Men are trapped on an island, and Xavier has to gather a new team from all over the world. This is where Storm comes in, Nightcrawler comes in, Colossus comes in. Uh, a few. So others. these guys aren't. The original. They're not the original X-Men. They are the second wave of X-Men. Oh, that's um, interesting. I wonder why they why they focused. Are these X-Men cooler than the original? They're vastly more diverse. It's not all white people. Um, ah. Like Colossus is from Russia. Storm's from Africa. They got a Native American. They got a dude from Japan. They got um, Nightcrawler was from Germany. Like Xavier went all over the world. Okay. All that to say, Nightcrawler comes in then. He was born with a tail. He's actually Mystique's son, but we don't find that out until much later. Uh, born with a tail, looks like a demon. Uh, has to join the circus uh, in order to survive. The important thing to, to note is that he's devoutly religious. Yeah. So he looks like a demon, but he's super Catholic, and this drives his entire character um, and the way he looks. And the, the way he looks. He has Enochian carved all over his Well, body. no, that is not... Uh, in the movie. In the movie, he's got Enochian. In the books, he's blue and furry. He's got not like beast furry, but slightly furry. Okay. Uh, Wolverine often calls him the, the furry blue elf. <laughs> um, Why is Wolverine so rude to everybody? That's just the way he is. He's also super into swashbuckling and Errol Flynn movies. Oh. Um, and so a lot of times you'll see him with one sword in each hand and then another sword in his tail and he's going to town. Like, 
Do we get to see him sliding down any sails with a, a hand? In some of the knife? books, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's the signature move right there. And one note on his teleportation, every time he teleports, it smells like rotten eggs. Sulfur, you mean? Sulfur and brimstone, yes. Because he actually teleports through a hell dimension. Like, he goes from Earth to a hell dimension back to so wherever he wants to be on So that's what that cloudy Earth. stuff was? That's what that cloudy stuff is. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it looks... I guess if I was going to draw a cloud of stink, it would look like that. Yeah. Nightcrawler is awesome. And him being a bad guy at the start of the movie made me a little mad. <laughs> um, and he oh, gets... Um, you had said that you didn't really know who Alan Cumming was? Yeah. Uh, he played Loki in Son of the Mask. Okay. Which is probably a very little-known movie. Interesting connection. I, well, that's why I grabbed that one. And then he was in the L Word. Oh. Um, he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff. He's got 136 credits. Oh, so, so nobody knows who he is. So you've seen his face a bunch. Everyone else knows who he is. I don't know how you've escaped. No, he is. He has a very distinctive. Uh, he has a very distinctive face. He's just. He's one of those guys you recognize immediately. By the way, he moves even. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there so that okay. you... Um, the attack goes pretty well. Like, he tears up that guard mm-hmm. um, and almost stabs the president before he gets shot. Uh, and then he, he poofs out of there. <laughs> Actually, he bamfs the... He what? B-A-M-F. Bamf. Bamf. That's, that's the... the, that's, the, the sig- that's the signature sound anytime he teleports. Bamf. <laughs> so he bamps out of there. Uh, that's I don't know if I like that word. Um, and then we we go to Logan. Uh, I wrote down in Canada, but apparently this complex isn't in Canada. They're not going to do Weapon X's in Canada in the movies. Oh, I didn't even notice. It looked like that complex was in America, because otherwise, why would one of our generals be running it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere cold, Wolverine is, um, finding the Weapon X complex near a dam in the snow, uh, not Canada. Yeah. Alkali Lake. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. uh, The name of the location. Is that a real place? Uh, Alkali Lake is in Colorado. Well, there you go. Let that be a lesson to you. Next time you see snow, don't think Canada. No, I think Canada because that's where Wolverine is from. And that's where Weapon X happened. Well, you're the only one that knows that. I literally am not. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, real quick, Scott Summers. You've yes. been calling him Superman this whole time. Um, I don't know if he actually ever played Superman, but he's he's the guy from Dead to Me that we've been watching. Yeah, so Logan's at Alkali Lake in Colorado, not Canada. Not really much meat in this scene. No, I didn't know what was going on. That was for comic book readers, clearly. It wasn't for comic book readers, because that's not where the fuck it happened. It didn't happen at Alkali Lake? No, it did not. It happened in Canada. <laughs> well, okay, but I, why did they have him doing that? I didn't know what was going the, on. The only reason to sh- have that scene is so that later he can say, the place is abandoned, and Gene can say, well... The surface is abandoned, Logan. You should have gone underground. Okay. Wolverine would not have left that place until he fucking explored every possible creek and crevice. 
Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go all the way up there. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so Wolverine is not driving all that way to look at an abandoned building. Yeah, because he's coming from uh, from New York, right? From New York, yeah. To look at an abandoned building for ten fucking minutes, decide it's empty, and leave. Yeah. That's that's not... No. Well, I mean, any halfway intelligent person would dig around. Yeah. And it's it's kind of nitpicky. We're at the friggin' first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. I... Whatever. But that was just... That's not how Wolverine behaves. It's actually an opportunity for just to get a, a, one of the females to get a dig in on how dumb the guy is? Possibly. I don't know. Which, that would be a complete reversal from the last movie. Yeah. But then we go to a museum. Uh, Storm and, and the gang, but Storm primarily is, is giving a tour on uh, the museum. Yeah. For half a second, I was confused. I was like, did, did they get jobs? What's happening here? <laughs> um, we were probably supposed to recognize some of the kids in the crowd. Well, I didn't. Um, they weren't important in the last movie, so I didn't. But Storm's given, um, given a tour. Scott and Gene are both there. Uh, Gene's telepathy is uh, starting to act funny, and they it's, call that out. It's on the fritz. It's on the fritz, Yes. <laughs> Um, all of this is building towards the reveal at the end, which you didn't catch, so I'm going to wait until the end to talk about it. I didn't catch something? Yeah, oh yeah. How do you know I didn't catch it? Because you were confused by the end. Oh, and you just let me sit in that confusion and didn't yep. bother to tell me? <laughs> you wiener, I swear to God. Um, I mean, I'm... Okay. Bobby and and, uh, and Rogue have slipped off to the cafeteria with... John, who is going to be called Pyro, who was never, ever one of the X-Men, either as a student or as an adult. Well, he wasn't really, he didn't seem much a part of the the action of the movie anyway. He is one of the, uh, you'll remember when I was talking about the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, how there was a, a pyrokinetic that was part of them. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Okay, well... Full grown ass adult, but they they gave him a little bit of a how did he get over to the bad side? Um, sure, he got a story, story. arc, absolutely. Which is what and they need to do. They need to do that with the bad guy so that I I care. And does it take anything away from the character? Probably not. I don't think so. It just I know it's not who it was in the book. I get it. I I have to learn to adopt Stephen King's philosophy. This is a new. Uh, mode of storytelling. and He doesn't care what people do with his property, because if you want to read his words, they're always there in paper. Yeah. Um, and if somebody wants to completely reinvent something he's created, then good on them. Well, half the time he's the one helping with the screenplay anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, all it, that. It'll be okay. It will be okay. Um, but Iceman and Rogue and, and Pyro are in the calf, and some normies are being shitheads. They want uh, they want to borrow a lighter to light a cigarette in a fucking museum in 2003. Is this even legal? No, they're not old enough, and you can't smoke in public buildings. But whatevs. It, yeah, it was really weird. Um, why weren't they outside? Teenagers on a field trip would would sneak outside. And where? Yeah. 
where are their chaperones? This is none of this was accurate. Yeah, but it, I mean, it makes for a good interplay. I guess um, they could have they could have moved it outside where there were no adults, and it would have made more yeah. sense and not harmed the situation. But then they wouldn't have had the TV at, later on in the scene. They this is how it needed to happen for everything to happen the way they wanted it. Okay. Uh, Apparently, I missed whatever it was. So, kid steals the lighter, um, and Pyro makes the cigarette blow up in the kid's face. Well deserved. Bobby jumps up and puts him out. Chaos starts ensuing, and then Xavier freezes the room. I really like the couple of times they do this. Yeah. Because every time in a movie or TV show they freeze everybody, it's like, did they freeze the whole world, or did they just freeze the room? And in this scene, you hear the mom. There was a girl talking on the phone to her mom, and you hear the mom going, Honey, honey, are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, Oh, look, an answer. Look how simple that was, and it was nice. So he's not doing the whole world or anything like that. It's just this. Uh, He he basically turns off everybody's brains. All inputs and outputs stop until he's done. So... He's not freezing time. He's freezing people. He's freezing people. Which, and I like how they demonstrated that. Yeah. And it was good. Um, While Xavier is lecturing the boys that, well, I am rogue. While Xavier is lecturing the kids that they shouldn't be picking fights with normies, uh, you hear the news playing in the background talking about the attack on the president Mm -hmm. by a mutant. Yeah. And so. That didn't, I don't, that didn't need to be there. We, We saw it. Yeah, well, that was to cue the adults that they needed to get everybody back on the plane and get them the hell out of there. And so when the world unfreezes, uh, when everybody unfreezes, they're like, where'd all all the mutants go? So then we cut back to the president uh, with William Stryker talking to the president, trying to get him to authorize a special activity. Um, And Senator Kelly walks in. Uh, re-mystique, because we know Senator Kelly is dead. Yeah. Stryker is super zeroed in on Westchester. Um, and to note... Which you're, is New York. Yeah, Westchester is a town in New York where the X-Mansion is. Yeah, yeah, um, and red flags everywhere. Anytime a general uh, is talking to the president about operations in the United States, you know yeah. really yucky bad stuff is going to go down. Yeah, I mean, Posse Comitatus doesn't really come up a lot in the X-Books, but probably should. Yeah. Maybe you explain that for people who don't know what that oh, is. Oh, uh, Posse Comitatus is uh, its the rule that says that federal troops cannot be used to police American citizens. Um, it's an interesting uh, thing if you, if you feel like doing the research on it, but... It's the reason why when federal troops get called in to support civilian activities, they generally don't carry their weapons except to protect them and their equipment. Um, National Guard can carry a weapon and can be used to police. Because they're state troops. Because they're state. They serve as the state militia, but federal troops can't. It's an interesting nuance. Uh, Sometimes you'll also hear Title 10, Title 32. That's going way too far. So my question is, are they getting away with that by assuming mutants aren't citizens? They're like enemy combatants? I think that they are getting away with these militaristic actions on American soil against U.S. citizens because 
that is a nuanced understanding of some rules that the writers aren't aware of or that they need to ignore for story's sake. Yeah. I feel like, well, these days you can say that it's a national security issue. Sure. Which, I mean, technically would be accurate in this situation because they are, I mean, any super people... If if they go the wrong way, or, or, or a national security issue, I mean, and it's easy to see why people would fall in line with the government when they say we need to keep these guys separate. Well, and 2003 is post-Patriot Act, so if it's true now, it was true then. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. Anytime you get soldiers involved, you know that torture or something yucky is going to happen. And... I mean, I realize you're a soldier, and I insult you when I say that, but I don't care because it's true. (laughs) If soldiers ever say, you know, don't be afraid, we're here to help, run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, in the movie world. not Probably not in real life, but I wouldn't go off with soldiers in real life either, but that's just me. Um, Another cool thing uh, to note is uh, Stryker's assistant, Iriko. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes she looks mean as fuck, doesn't she? Oh yes. Um, she comes very. Um, she comes with a lot of comic history. Her comic book. Uh, her her code name is Lady Deathstrike. Um, <laughs> okay, that's she, a name. Yeah, uh, a lot of history to her. Heavily tied into Wolverine's time in Japan. Um, they were on and off again, kind of romantic with each other. Um, well, he's got a lot of chicks in the back burner, doesn't he? He's lived a long life. <laughs> doesn't he have a, a girl that he's mourning, though? Yes. Her name also, her name is Yukio. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and he's got a foster daughter with her, and that's a whole nother story. Do we get that in the movies, or is that we something that I know? We get that in one of the movies, okay. kind of. Because um, I, I couldn't remember if it was in a movie or if it's something you told me. Anymore, it's hard for me to know the difference, because I have pictures playing in my head when you tell me these stories, and then I get confused. <laughs> yeah, but Lady Deathstrike is a character with a very complicated story that's an on-again, off-again hero. Um, and you could do a dissertation on her life story. Um, Seems like you could do that with all of their life stories. And uh, to call her up for this for this role to be uh, a brainwashed bodyguard for Stryker. Um, was she a bodyguard? I thought she was just an... Assistant slash bodyguard. Yeah. She's his dembe. You know, well, I guess. I didn't really get that. It seems really... Does he know she's a mutant? Yes. So... so later on, we see the circle on the back of her neck and... So he's controlling her. He's controlling her. Oh. Well, how very Jim Crow era of him. Yes. Yeah. That that feels icky. Yeah, there's a... The, the analogies for all of the civil rights are very strong in this movie. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to them. Uh, in their time. Um, after the scene in the Oval Office, we um, we cut to a scene where Bobby's trying to kiss Rogue um, and telling her that well, don't she it, won't hurt him. Don't put it that way. That sounds... Well, Bobby's pushing harder than she is. Okay, but you're making it sound rapey. 
Okay, not rapey, romantic-y. Yeah. He's trying to convince her that he'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you made it sound a little rapey. Fair. It was it was kind of sweet. Yeah, okay. I mean, because who wants to have a girlfriend or boyfriend that they can't smooch on? No, that's fair. And this is, this is super key to who Rogue is. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. She should be practicing touching people without automatically using her power. That's what I would be focused on if I were her. I would be taking, like, the strongest people in, in my class and, and practicing touching them so that well, and this burn. is this is key to... This is important about Rogue. She she comes to Xavier because Xavier says he's going to try and help her learn to control her powers. And nothing Xavier does helps her to gain any control at all. Well, because she would have to do it. Well, but Xavier helps people with their powers all the time. He gets in their head and he helps them find ways to control their powers. Her power is completely involuntary. And so she is she is stuck being devoid of human touch her entire life. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like it seems like with practice that could be it would fixed. seem like that, but unfortunately her power is completely involuntary. And practice as she might, she never learns to control it. Well I I would need to see that. Well, I, I need to see... I've got 80 years of comics for you to read then. No. <laughs> this is a montage moment. Okay. <laughs> not uh, not comic books for decades. Um, but the, the super cute teen almost kiss moment gets interrupted by the sound of a motorcycle because Wolverine's back. Yeah. She jumped up like, Daddy's home! Yeah. It was adorable. It was. But um, clearly her boyfriend was not digging that. He seemed really jealous. Uh, Wolverine gets welcomed in, uh, and it's decided that Gene and Storm are going to go to Boston to look for Nightcrawler. They ask Logan and Scott to stay and babysit the kids, but Xavier's got other plans. Because him and Scott are going to go visit uh, an old friend. Hint, hint. And Logan's going to be stuck babysitting the kids by himself. Babysitting. I mean, in this case, it is kind of babysitting because they're not his kids, and there are some of them that are pretty young. Yeah. Why Why aren't there... There need to be more adults in this place. There do need to be more adults in this place, and some adultier adults. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, some of these kids are too young to be... the one. Ad- that's illegal, first of all. You can't have one adult... <laughs> With that many children, especially if they have superpowers, because if they decide they want to do something, there's not a shit thing he can do to stop them. I'm telling you, me in grade school with superpowers, oh, I would have been terrible. Yeah, like I was already awful. <laughs> but with superpowers, man, nobody would have stopped me from doing anything. Like when you look at the mechanics of it, Xavier really is the only one that's like that should be trusted with that many kids because he can turn them off. Yeah, here's the thing. I am I've always kind of disliked him, but the more I pay attention to the movies as we're watching them, the more I don't like him. Oh. He has too much power and um and he's assembling a child army. He is. He's Dumbledore's army all the way. Here's no, the thing. No, 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 no. Dumbledore's well, army. Okay, fair. Yes. They drafted themselves. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yes. He's like 
He is actually assembling people. From all over the world. Here's my problem. Right? He should be stopped. His powers should be suppressed. He should not have that much power because, as we find out later, he can fucking take out everybody in the world at the exact same time. Holy shit. Yeah. At the same time, you cannot trust the government enough to let them be the people that are the arbiters of... Whether or not he's too powerful. Yeah. I don't trust the government, I literally, to save my life. It, fuck them. They shouldn't have enough power to take out somebody like him. But he shouldn't have all that power. That is scary. Yeah. This is a very complex problem that one could spend decades exploring. Oh, hush. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying there's no right answer here. It's just all wrong answers. It, it is. It really is. Um, I'm just like, how much crap am I going to get if I, if I end up saying Magneto's my favorite character? You won't get crap. Magneto is not... Magneto is not a villain in the way, say, actually, there aren't a whole lot of just straight up bad. Magneto is not Voldemort. He's not a, a pure bad guy. He is not Sauron. He you is, mean, well, Sauron was just misunderstood. No. <laughs> Saying that you like Magneto is not does not make you a bad guy. I feel like people are going to disagree with you. Let them disagree. I challenge them to prove me wrong. <laughs> Does he do bad things? Yes. But for every bad thing Magneto's done, I can point at a bad thing that Xavier oh, or yeah. Iron Man or Captain America has done. Hmm? Or Blade or... Yeah, Blade's a fucking murderer. Daredevil, serial Daredevil. killer. Yeah. Deadpool. Deadpool's just fun. But yeah. he's also like, he is literally a mercenary. They call him the Merc with a Mouth. <laughs> so after they devise the battle plan, we go to Stryker uh, visiting Magneto in his plastic cell. And we see him dropping some acid, some kind of chemical on the back of Magneto's neck and making him super compliant. Yeah, I don't think that was acid. No, but it hissed a little bit is what made me think acid. It hissed a little bit when it hit the back of his neck. Yeah. It's obviously some kind of uh, mind-controlled drug. I really like... I got I got pretty excited about um, Magneto's cage. Yeah. But they fucked up. Because Stryker's dumbass is wearing metal glasses. And... Um, I know that he's got like power over him right now, but when he first walked in, Magneto could have just stabbed him to death with the temple of his glasses. Sure. Um, yeah, it was it was very much feeling like Hannibal Lecter's cage in the middle of the gym or whatever it was in the movie. Do you yeah. remember? Oh yeah. And I, I felt like okay, so definitely he's absolutely breaking out of this. Somebody's going to get fucked up later. Um, they were taking such care. To not give him things to be able to manipulate, but I kept seeing little... I'm like, oh, well, he could totally do this, or he could do... I was in there trying to escape for him. <laughs> but uh, can we talk about the baton that, that the guard is carrying? Sure. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Is that made out of glass? Is he really think he's going to tap somebody in the head with a piece of glass? It was either glass or a really hard plastic, and he's beating the shit out of Magneto with it. Yeah, but... like. 
it is it is demonstrated that this is a common occurrence that they are torturing and drugging Magneto to get information from him. But it looks like he's carrying around a giant glass dildo. I mean, and smack somebody with a piece of glass and it's going to shatter. I don't care how thick it is. You're going to... Okay. That was a little... It, he didn't even use it in this scene, but it, it it was threatening. Then let's assume it was plastic. It, it really wasn't, though. I'm telling you, they went on adamandeve.com and got a giant dildo and used it for their movie. No shame. Well, no, I'm not shaming anybody. It's just, it, it was obscene. <laughs> uh, so then we we go to Logan going into Cerebro. Uh, he's got a cigar in his hand. He's smoking a, a cigar. And Xavier, like, threatens to turn him to make him spend the rest of his time thinking that he's an eight-year-old little girl if he doesn't put the cigar out. So he puts the cigar out in his hand. So he puts the cigar out in his own hand. Because he's too lazy to turn around and, and, you know, go put out the cigar in an appropriate place. I mean, it hurts, but he heals. Yeah, but so he doesn't leave any been, ash anywhere. Have you ever been burnt by a cigar or a cigarette? That is intense pain. Yeah, well, and maybe it's like eating wasabi for, for Logan. Mm-hmm. It was weird, and uh, I wasn't into it. Um, and then Xavier zeroes in on where Nightcrawler is after showing us uh, more oh. about how Cerebro works. Yeah, but did you see, it was kind of hard with all, there was all kinds of stuff going on, but did you see um, Nightcrawler, his little icon going poof? Poof. Oh, poof, yeah. Poof. Yeah. Poof. That was neat. Bamf. 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 <laughs> I don't like it. It looked like he's he's poofing. He's bamfing. <laughs> um, but, but it took me a minute to see, to like interpret what I was seeing, and then I could see him hopping. Yeah. So there is a place that Xavier can't access with his brain. Well, yeah. Like I said, when uh, Nightcrawler teleports, he goes through another dimension. Yeah. So this is just Xavier looking at, at planet Earth, and he wouldn't be able to follow him into another dimension. It was neat looking, though. It was very neat. And I caught that Nightcrawler is like praying over a rosary when they finally zero in on him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't I didn't notice. Yeah. Curl. Kurt Wagner is, is pretty cool. Um, Wolverine wants Xavier to go back into his mind and help him find some stuff. And Xavier's like, no, I could hurt you. Um, you're going to have to do some of this on your own. Yeah. Thanks a lot, bud. Yeah. Wolverine's like, you promised. Xavier's like, nah, some things have to be figured out on your own. Like. Yeah. What is he even here for? Like. This is exhibit number 1073, why Xavier is a dick. Yeah. I hate that it's Patrick Stewart being the dick, though. I know. I don't want to like dislike him, but damn. I mean, how hard is it to just gently, you know, tap into somebody's brain and, and look around a little yeah. bit? Like, you'll invade a whole room full of people's brains. Against their consent. Against their consent. Or without their consent. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Without consent, you'll just jump into the minds of a whole fucking museum full of people. Which is another reason why he's kind of oogie. You'll... But you won't help out a person who's asking for help. Yeah. Dick. He could have done that in a way that didn't harm him. Yeah, dick. 
Yeah. And then we cut to Mystique uh, becoming Yukio so that she can sneak into Stryker's office. Uh, she she gets on his computer by using his voice. Uh, so we learn more about how Mystique's powers work, which... Well, not really. We just learn that she can do more than we thought she could. The actress that played Mystique, she did a much better job this time. Yes. Much less comic booky and over the top. Yeah. Definitely a more nuanced character this time around. Yeah. Thank goodness. And we got to see more of her, like, deep espionage uh, abilities. Yeah. I feel like they approached how she was going to rescue Magneto... In a way that I would not have done it. Yeah, well, we'll get there. Um, but Stryker's got a shit ton of files on mutants. I kind of wanted to go back and relook at those files because it called out a lot of mutants' names. And I didn't have time to catch all of them because it flashed so quickly. Well, you should have paused it. I should have, but we were, I don't like to interrupt a narrative flow when you're watching a movie. I really don't. Well... It doesn't bother me any. But we do see that he's also got a file on the mansion at Westchester itself. Uh, and then when you go in on that, he's like studying Cerebro and he's got plans to make one of his own. Yeah. Which, uh, I, why? I didn't, I mean, I know now, but why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, because you could make the building, but you don't know what the the machine itself does. How would he have gotten that information? He got it from Magneto. How would Magneto know? Magneto knew enough to sabotage it, so he had to have some idea of what was going on. How would he? Him and Charles are old friends. He probably helped Xavier design Cerebro in this uh, timeline. I feel like in the movie they could have explained that just a tad bit more. Sure. Just like a, just a tiny little bit. Um, And then Yukio starts coming in uh, and Mystique. Disappears just in time, pretends to be the janitor, and gets away. <laughs> uh, and I really like the little uh, scene where the real janitor is confused by seeing himself walking down the hallway. Yeah, she did a really good job of, you know, Chick was like, what are you doing in here? And, and he says in Spanish, I'm, you know, I'm getting the trash. And he says in Spanish, and she's like, huh? And he goes, uh, trash. And I was like, you know, that was... Pretty perfect. Um, she's perfecting her, uh, you know, sneakiness here. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what would you do, Jay, if you're walking down a hallway and you see someone with your fucking face? Well, I know a man named Brian Hubbard <laughs> who told me exactly what to do. <laughs> you get the cinder block out of the trunk of your car and you smash that clone in the back of the fucking head. Because he'd do it to you. Oh, my God. Listen. Well, you know, I mean, that really is the best solution. But seriously, you don't have a cinder block in the back of your car, so... Why don't you have a cinder block in the back of your car? What happens if you run into your double? I don't know, Jay. Why don't you have a cinder block in the back of our car? <laughs> um, but I... <laughs> he just... He looked at himself walking... And you would think that he'd be like, what the fuck? Or, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. Or, say something. He just, he froze. And what? he kind of grinned at himself a little bit. It was really weird. What happened was, he saw some really weird shit going down. 
realized that he was in above his head and he wasn't getting paid enough to get killed to protect whatever that person was stealing. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Because he makes it out just fine. (laughs) And whatever that person was stealing was well above his pay grade. Fuck those people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I feel like... (laughs) I feel like if I saw my own face, would I even recognize my own face on somebody else? I don't know. I mean, I don't look at myself that much in the mirror, so I don't know. Like, if that person was exactly me in every way, I don't... Would I recognize me? Because in my head, I'm tall and slim and, you know, my hair is thicker and I don't look inside of my head the way I do in the mirror. So I might just be like, oh, who's that cute chick? (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious, though. I love the look on his face. Uh, then we cut to Storm and Jean catching up to uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, Storm calls the lightning to to get him knocked off the perch. Jean catches him with her TK. Um, with her what? Telekinesis. Okay, you can just say the word. Please. T- well, I mean, TK would be quicker if I didn't have to go back and explain myself. Which is exactly why you don't abbreviate something unless you tell someone beforehand what it means. They start having a really good conversation, but uh, the key point here is to see the circular thing on the back of Nightcrawler's neck like we saw in Magneto's. Yeah. And that's to cue us in that something bigger is going down and that Stryker's behind it. Yeah, like I said, the soldier guy is evil. Do they ever have soldiers that are good in, in movies? Captain America. Fuck him. Nick Fury. Oh, fuck him. I don't like him either. Then no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you answered my question. (laughs) Um, Wolverine's having bad dreams. Uh, We get a lot of flashes. But to specify, not necessarily bad dreams. They're flashes of memory. Flashes of memory. In his sleep. Yeah. Uh, and he wakes up. He finds a kid changing the channel by blinking um, and then finds Bobby in the kitchen. Uh, they have a cool minute where Wolverine's like, is there any beer? And Bobby's like, this is school. And Wolverine's like, so? <laughs> <laughs> and then Iceman chills his soda for him. Okay, but this scene was just so that we could see him freeze stuff. Okay. And it was a little bit annoying because... He- <laughs> It didn't need to happen. Who keeps soda in the cabinet? I don't know. Some people... We don't keep our soda in the refrigerator. Well, I like warm soda. Okay, then. But clearly Wolverine likes cold soda. (laughs) No, Wolverine likes cold beer. He'll settle for a cold soda. Yeah, but they just did that whole thing so we could watch him free stuff. That's where all that money went. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) showing off their powers for no reason. There was a reason. What was the reason? Because it was awesome. No. <laughs> um, then we go to Xavier visiting Magneto. We get the exposition that Magneto's been feeding Stryker the info. And then Yukio attacks. This is the scene where I yelled at the TV. Okay. Because that broad is sitting in a waiting room. Yes. Okay. And starts popping her fingers. First finger pop, second finger pop, I'm Okay. By the third finger pop, I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? And then she just keeps popping her fingers. I'm like, superpowers are no, I want to kill her. 
Yeah. Why in the fuck? She does it like three times in the damn movie, and I want to kill her. Well, she got killed. Yes, and I rejoiced. <laughs> Bitch, who, why? Why? Why did they have to put that? If it's not finger-popping, it's chewing in the movies, and they always turn the volume up on it. It makes me crazy. But so Yukio attacks and captures Scott and Xavier. Uh, although it's not really clear that, that was the point of the attack, but that's what happens. Meanwhile, we have the attack on the mansion. Yeah, this is good. Yes, this was this was a really good scene. Yeah, this is uh, uh, all of the fighting was realistic and believable, and there was tension and fear. It was it was really good. This this attack on the mansion and the attack at um, at the cell are interspersed back and forth. And um, I get to see why why you think Kitty Pride is so cool. Yes, we get some really good um, appearances of some of the other mutants. That's that's a superpower I'd be really excited about. I've always said flying right off the top, yeah. but being able to nope yeah. might be a lot better. She just she melted through the bed and the floor, and then was able to be solid to land on the floor below without getting hurt. Yep. Um, I need that superpower. She can go intangible at will, and if she walks through electronics, she frazzes them out. That's a new word. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just made it up. I don't know. <laughs> she shorts them out. Yeah. Um, that That's a good power to have. Yeah, she's she's awesome. That was really neat graphics, too. Um, she just... It was very smooth. It was just... And then her attitude as a... just. Like she is a mutants right uh, a mutant rights activist yeah. in the best way. Well, I love her. I, I, I like, just love her. I also like that she didn't know what was going on, but you know, made decisive. Uh, or she decided and and what am I trying to say? I like that she while she didn't know what was going on, she noped out of there. Yes, smoothly, reflexively. Yeah, she's like no, done, out. She. Is one of the one of the ladies that Wolverine takes on as a as a protege. Yeah. Um, her and Jubilee kind of filled the role that we're seeing Wolverine with Rogue it's, right and now. We see Jubilee in this movie like twice, but they didn't. They but didn't. every time they said her name, she was in a group of people. Yeah. Like I only know which one it was because you've shown me her comic book picture, and we talked about how badly they wrote or drew an Asian person. Yeah. So I'm just assuming that that's the person. That, it was? Yeah. Jubilee is an entry character. Like, when you come on, when she comes on the scene, she's learning the world, so you learn the world with her. She's not... So she, but she's important yeah. because of that. That, uh, that a lot character of people, is a, really important. A lot of people will love her because of that, but she's not the strongest mutant. So she's um, Harry Potter. Sure. Another really good call-out is Colossus. We yeah. get to see him armor up. Again, he's he's the uh, he looks like a cyborg. He's the one that goes metal. That big, huge, tall. Yes, he almost looks like an adult. Be, yes, because he is an adult. No, he's not. He's yeah. clearly a teenager, but he's huge. He comes on. He is he is a peer to Storm. Not in the movies. Um, and Kitty Pride has a super crush on him for a very long time. Well, who wouldn't? Yeah, he he's an artist. He's a very loving, soft-hearted person. He grew up on a a, a, com, uh, a collective. He grew up on a collective in uh, Siberia. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Ish. But he's he's a, he's a gentle giant. He's a really good guy. 
They picked a pretty attractive dude to play him, too. Yeah. I but like, him. guy next door kind of looks. Now, those are the two major call-outs that I saw during that attack. Wolverine's going berserk and, and killing people left and right. But uh, the soldiers on American soil are tranking children. Yes. And you're telling me none of those soldiers said, uh, this is an unlawful order. I'm not allowed to be doing this. What the fuck? Maybe they're not like soldier soldiers. Maybe they're like black ops contracted. Still, they would know that what they were doing was wrong. Blackwater guys. Even blackwater guys have to have a conscience. They're tranking little children. Yeah, no. That's... Uh, and and those so uh, three and kidnapping them. Yeah, three or four uh, tranks uh, trank darts at the same time, uh, not knowing the dosages. Yeah, you could kill some of those kids. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're not but, thinking about stuff like this, but Jesus Christ! But they're just mutants, so are they even people? <sighs> you know, that shit pisses me off. The uh, yeah yeah. Um. And Stryker start Stryker recognizes Wolverine, starts talking to him. Wolverine wants to attack. I call bullshit on the guy in charge of this whole operation actually being there and not being on the radio. Fair. Like, um, what kind of... There's no way. But Rogue gets Bobby to put up an ice wall to separate Wolverine from Stryker and gets him to... That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And ridiculously easy. Yeah. I feel like if these guys think about their strategies halfway... They would never be able to be beaten. That's what makes them such an awesome superhero team. They train and train and train in the danger room for hours and hours to perfect their their unity of action. Yeah, well. Yeah. And the one thing Scott brings to the fight, aside from his fucking concussive blasts out of his eyes. Concussive blasts. And his douchebaggery, <sighs> is that he is an expert tactician. Okay. Sure. But I really appreciate Xavier thinking a little bit more like me and not just, oh, well, we're mutants and we can kick anybody's ass. We have an escape route. Oh, yeah. Lots of escape routes. Uh, And one of the in the escape route that so he takes he tells Colossus to take the kids to safety. And he ends up going with Rogue and Bobby and Pyro uh, through the escape route to the garage and they steal Cyclops's car. Um, yeah, the Mazda RX-8 with suicide doors. I mean, I don't really like the the shape of the car. The RX-7 was a lot cuter back in the day, but um, suicide doors. Uh, I want Mazda RX-8 money. (laughs) Just, I mean, I want suicide doors in a car so bad. Sliding van doors just don't quite do it for me. It was badass. Um... So the raid on the mansion is pretty successful. Stryker steals about six kids and gets into Cerebro to strip it for the for the parts he needs. Yeah, I feel like I don't really understand how Cerebro works. I don't. Based on this movie, I don't. I, I don't know what this stupid machine does. Uh, for, I know it amplifies things. Yeah, but. it it amplifies Xavier's abilities. How it works. Uh, is not something I spent a lot of time... Like, I don't dig deep into the science of comic books. For me, it's just a magic room. Yeah. So well, anybody, because if you try to figure out the science, it's going to make you nuts. Anybody listening who can give us a, a concise explanation of how Cerebro works, please feel free to send us an email. Yeah, because uh, dude later in the movie is moving... 
pieces of metal on the walls and that's supposed to reverse things? Yeah. That makes no fucking sense know. to me. It's not it's, a giant satellite. No, it's it's a magic box. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just leave it at that then. It's magic. Don't think about it too hard. Um, so then we cut to uh, one of the security guards at a bar um, and Grace shows up and starts hitting on him. She says her name is Grace. We all know immediately it's Mystique. Yeah. He doesn't catch on until after she drugs him. Well, he never catches on. She flirts with him hardcore. She drugs him. She takes him to a bathroom stall and injects him with some shit. I think this is when I was on IMDb when this happened. Yeah, uh, possibly. Uh, be- well, because uh, Lario, the guard, uh-huh. I kept thinking he looked familiar. Lario kept, uh, he, he was bugging the crap out of me. He looked so familiar, but not quite right. Okay. So I was I was on IMDb while that was going down. Um, turns out that the prison guard for Magneto is Benny from Supernatural, and uh, you'll know Benny because he's the um, he's the Dean um, relationship that that I ship the most. Uh, Benny and Dean were supposed to be together. I, I love Cass, but Benny's the dude. Okay. So that's why he looks so familiar. I love him. I like his whole aura. Okay. Uh, and it was weird to not like him in this movie. But yeah. So I felt better after that and I could finish watching the movie. <laughs> there wasn't any reason to not like him. He was he was a security guard. He was a dick. I mean, he was a little bit of a dick, I guess. Yeah, yeah he was jerking an old man around. Yeah, fair. And, and pouring drugs onto his neck. Strike that from the record. Yeah, he was a dick. What are you talking about? Um... Xavier wakes up in one of Stryker's cells, um, and Stryker's there talking to him. They're doing some fun wordplay, but the important thing from this scene is Yukio starts to come to a little bit and start to realize where she is, and Stryker drops some more of his drug on the back of her neck. Yeah. And then she snaps back into compliance. And this is where we find out that she's also being controlled. Yeah. Like... Fuck this guy all around. I mean, this is straight up slavery, right? This is chemical slavery. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even have to be chemical slavery. It's slavery. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not even any allusions to this is just straight up. No, there's no nuance to his character. He's a bad guy. Yeah. And then we find out where this drug is coming from. Um, He had a mutant child who he asked Xavier... To cure. Mm-hmm. You can't cure being a mutant, so Xavier failed. So Stryker took his son back and started extracting the chemical his son makes to create illusions in people's minds and turned that into a mind-controlled drug. Yeah. And then has decided that his son is dead. Okay, so his name is Jason. Yes, his son's name is Jason. Because, of course, it's Jason. <laughs> It's specifically Jason 143. He's mutant 143. Okay. This is a little bit of an allusion to Genosha, but I don't think we're going to go into that, so don't worry about it. Okay, so his real name, the actor's name is Michael Reed McKay, and he should look really familiar to you. He was so drugged out and stringy that I don't I don't know where I knew him from. Well, you should have known him because he looks so bad, because he's from the movie Seven. Oh. He is the sloth victim. Oh. Uh-huh. And and I saved this little nugget because I thought this this would really get you. Uh you won't recognize him, 
but he's in one of your favorite movies from childhood. He played the mummy in Monster Squad. <gasps> yeah. Awesome. I thought I thought you would enjoy that. So Wolverine and his uh, his three uh, children wards decide they're going to go to Bobby's parents' house, uh, which is empty when they get there. Uh, they start exploring. We get the the classic teenage romance scene where Rogue is changing and Bobby's peeking over his shoulder at the other te- at the teenage girl changing. Okay, that's not romantic. That's sleazy. It's sleazy, it's but sleazy. it's a classic teenage romance movie trope. Yeah, nobody likes that. Um, it's gross. It's gross, yes, but it's a trope. Just one damn time. Can we have the dude getting naked and the chicks looking? I need somebody to tell me what movie that is. I think that that's happened, happened too. I, I need somebody to tell me what movie that is. I don't remember. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, and then uh, Bobby... Steals a quick kiss from Rogue, which turns into a long kiss, mm-hmm. which she starts sucking his powers and he comes away. Was it a long kiss because he didn't have any control over himself or because her power is so strong that it... No, he kissed her quickly in. and nothing bad happened. So then they kissed longer and that's when she started draining some of mm-hmm. his life force. And then we go downstairs and Wolverine's snagging some drinks out of the fridge uh, and here's some movement... Pops his claws and almost kills a cat. <laughs> and then the cat licks his claws. That was so funny. <laughs> uh, and this is this is why you should be afraid of our cat. <laughs> because um, in the face of Wolverine, that cat goes, hmm, yummy. Then Bobby's parents show up, start freaking out because there's a strange man in their house. Bobby comes downstairs, and this scene ends... With Bobby starting to come out to his parents as a mute. Yeah. And then we cut to Magneto in his cell. The guard comes in, the one that Mystique had drugged. He comes in, he's looking kind of rough. Benny. Benny, yes. Magneto says, you're looking a little rough. Do you got too much iron in your blood? And then... The the best, I mean... The best death in a movie I've seen in a long while. This was freaking awesome. He sucks all of the iron out of Benny's body and and turns it forms it into a ball in his hand. Yeah. And of course that kills him on the spot. But I liked the way they uh I liked the way they, they did that. The the computer generated floating up in the air and then getting all that blood sucked or the iron sucked out of his blood. It was good good deal. Yeah, he uses these ball bearings to uh, shatter the plastic prison, turns one of them into a disc to float himself over the pit, and uses the other two to continue killing and escaping. Yeah, that part was ridiculous. But... Uh, oh, it was awesome. But in <laughs> another another really cool call-out is um, Magneto does this to Wolverine in the comics, and this is a really big story. Uh, plot sucks all the adamantium. He adamantium? sucks all of the adamantium. It's the if you're looking for it in the comics, look for Fatal Attractions. Um, he sucks all of the adamantium out of Wolverine. Well, that just ruins Wolverine's whole cool there. We find out that the claws aren't because of the experiment. He, Wolverine ends up having bone claws for a while. Wolverine gets his adamantium back. Don't worry. Um, I re- is was that in, in a movie? Because I remember that and being really oobed out by it. 
I, I don't think it was in a movie. Uh, I have shown you a lot of the images. No, I have a picture in my head of, like, kind of bloody bone. Um, I guess I'll find out. But I, yeah. there's a very... Surely my brain did not come up with that picture. This leads Xavier to, like, completely turn off Magneto's brain. He comatoses him. Uh, like, he comatoses him. He like wipes, <laughs> which leads to several other things. But Wolverine ends up his healing factor kicks into high gear because his healing factor has been kept in check by the uh, heavy metal poisoning that it's constantly fighting off. Yeah. So his healing factor kicks into overdrive. He gets super bestial, uh, and this is an era of Wolverine that is just. Is this? Wolverine's like a blue hairy guy, isn't no. he? No. That's Beast. Why do I always think Wolverine in the comic books looks like Beast? I don't know. Does Beast have the same hairdo? He does have the little tufts. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, but anyway, so Magneto doing that to the security guard and pulling the iron out made me think of that. and It, it, it gave me feels. <laughs> Were you all tingly? I wasn't tingly, no. <laughs> Um, Your Peter sense wasn't tingling? <laughs> no. My my Peter sense wasn't tingling. Okay, so... So then we go back to the Drake's living room. Um, this, this scene pisses me off. Bobby's brother's getting a little jealous about the attention. Uh, he goes upstairs and calls 911. Fucking little brothers. And Bobby's mom asks him... Have you tried not being a mutant? And I'm pretty sure... Most gay people or the anybody in the Alphabet Mafia have heard this before in their lives. Have you just tried not being gay? What the... F- I, bitch, what do you think being a mutant is? Yeah. I, it's not like I chose it. Same It's an allegory for the gayness. It absolutely is. Absolutely, because this is the exact same story and, I've heard a million times. And it's important to note here... That later on in the comics, Bobby Drake actually discovers that he's gay himself. Well, he doesn't discover it. Well, he he spends most of the comic books trying to have relationships with girls and actually kind of being a little bit of a cat about it, like playing up yeah. heterosexuality because he's wrestling with his homosexuality. And so later when the comics are allowed to actually start exploring... yeah. Um, he he ends up coming out, and so that him as a later him as a homosexual character in the comic books, coming out to his parents and experiencing this exact. I, th- I mean, this. I just, mean, at what point do you just smack your parents' heads together? Uh, that's probably a question a lot of people have faced. I mean, what the? This is. I this this made me so angry. I, I just. But it is scenes like this, it is the exploration of themes like this that make me love the X-Men so fucking much. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, if people who like the movie have the ability to use this and apply it to other examples, maybe they'd be a little bit more sympathetic. But I feel like that's not what has gone down. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that if you grow up with these ideas, that it helps you to be more open 
to people who are different from you. High school, you would not have agreed. High school I mean, me had some very bad influences also. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the comic books weren't enough to no do that. Fair. Maybe it helped when you started... Thinking for myself. Um, and that's the key there. You have to have that foundation. Um, so the cops show up. Yeah, thanks, little brother. Somebody slice his head off real quick. There's some tension going on, and Pyro decides the best way to handle this situation is to start setting shit on fire. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Logan gets shot in the head. Um, yeah, excuse me, what the fuck? Because uh, the cops are, like, totally overreacting. Uh, he gets shot because the... the the cop says, put your knives down, and he sa- he literally says, I can't look. They're a part of me. Uh, and then the, he pops. He doesn't even just, like, shoot him to disarm him. He shoots him right in the middle of his fucking forehead. Yeah. I mean, and then and then we're back to the, the race allegory there. Yeah. He just shoots him, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, so then we get, uh, we get the fight. Um, yeah, and it's important to note, I, I said it out of order, Pyro doesn't start throwing fireballs until after Logan gets shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. But the fight starts going, uh, Rogue has to suck power from both Fireboy and Ice Boy to control <laughs> the fires and put them out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I... You said that in such a way. And then the blackbird starts landing. Uh, Gene and Rogue have showed up, shown up. Uh, and right as the blackbird starts landing, Wolverine wakes up because, you know, Adamantium Skull, uh, I'm surprised he even got knocked out by the bullet to the forehead. Well, I mean, his brain's not made of Adamantium. He got knocked out. Let me pop you in the head with a tennis racket and see if you stay awake for it. Then we cut to an illusion in Xavier's mind. Uh, Stryker's son, Jason, is starting to play games with him. Yeah, I didn't catch that that little girl wasn't a little girl at first. Okay. I didn't realize what was going down there. Um, I feel like I should have, but I didn't. Then we see the Air Force coming in on the Blackbird. Uh, They want them to stop their flight and uh, be escorted to an air base. Yeah, what was that about? I mean, I, they were an unauthorized flight. This is this is a normal course of events. Well, why wouldn't they, seeing as they are people who are pre- that other people are prejudiced against, why wouldn't they do that as legally as possible? The plane should be registered, and they have to file a flight plan. I don't know. Like, and then they wouldn't have been accosted. I assume. If they'd had a regular flight. There's a reason we have... Uh, Rules. The Yeah, because you're going to fly into somebody else or be in their path and fuck them up or whatever. Yeah. It's not like they, they don't fly below the radar. They're up there with all the other planes. And if you know that you're more likely to be treated unfairly, maybe you follow the rules a little bit more closely so that I you would, have less reason to be fucked with. Well, I would think that, especially in this situation with the airplanes, because... yeah. You're going to get caught. Yeah, the government absolutely is going to shoot you down, and nobody will would protest at all. 
Especially after 2001. They neither respond to the Air Force nor comply, so the Air Force starts attacking them. Yeah, I uh, I can't argue with this one. No, and then Storm calls in, like, multiple tornadoes. <gasps> this was cool. And they have a cool dogfight scene. I want to know why Storm doesn't deal with everything with tornadoes. I don't know. If I had that power, so I wouldn't need a team. She is strong. Like... Tornadoes, hurricanes, water spouts. They fire a couple of missiles before they go down. Um, Gene. Did we see the soldiers eject? Yeah, one of them fired a missile and then eject. Airmen. Airmen, yeah. Um, One of them fires the missiles right before he ejects. Okay. Um, So they survived. I was paying too much attention to the missile to see the, <laughs> see the um, guy pop out. Jean's eyes start flashing a little bit red. She stops one of the missiles well away. The other one, she explodes right behind the back yeah. of her jet. Oof. That was close. I mean, I, I, was, I was getting a little tense, even though, I mean, I knew nothing was going to happen to them, but it still made me a little bit tense. So a hole gets blown in the back of the jet. Rogue gets sucked out because her seatbelt didn't go on right. Nightcrawler bamfs out, catches her, and bamfs back in. <laughs> but they've still got a giant hole in the jet. They're about to crash, and then the jet starts assembling itself. Yeah, I was like, I was confused for half a second, and I'm like, wait, is Magneto somewhere helping them? And he was. Yeah, and then as soon as I said his name, he popped right up. He gets the plane to the ground. <laughs> and then he says... When when will these people learn how to fly? <laughs> um, and he explains uh, Stryker's plan uh, and tells Wolverine that there's a connection between him and Stryker, which he kind of already knew. But Yeah. Okay, but them working with a guy in the last movie that they were fighting against is weird. Well. I mean. Stryker's plan is to kill all mutants. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's not even the enemy of my enemy, right? Uh, they have similar goals to protect mutants. Yeah. Xavier wants to do it in conjunction with mutants. Magneto wants to do it uh, as in the inevitable war. Just go ahead and have it and win and be dominant. Yeah, I think but, regular humans would be so stupid to start this fight. Well... Why do they not know already that they're beat? They think that they can have the upper hand. Well, that's indicative of the group they're supposed to be representing, isn't it? Sure. But their their main goal of protecting the lives of mutants is together. Yeah, but you don't see that very often, right? Like, um, Indiana Jones doesn't pair up with the Nazis to get the Russians. You know what I mean? Well, it's just, it's weird. Okay. Mm. I think uh, this might be more akin to, like, in America, we've got two political parties. But in Britain, they have dozens of dominant parties. And so two or three parties that don't agree on everything will align themselves for more mm. important things. Well, that's a completely foreign idea to most Americans. Um I like it. I, I like Magneto fighting the good fight. Yeah, no. It, it was just weird. Um, when when he showed up on the ground uh, and he had been helping them, I was like, okay, the, what? Normally when you're watching a movie, there's black and white, bad guys, good guys, and there's no subtlety in between. But, I mean, it's cool. I like it. 
And so before they they go into battle, uh, we do get a scene with Gene and Logan. And Gene tells Logan that girls flirt with the bad boy, but marry the good guy. Well, she doesn't speak for everybody. But the bad boy? No. Oh. No. And I he, mean, some girls marry the bad guy and learn their lesson, hopefully. Oh. And then he kisses her, and she says, don't make me do this. And he says, do what? And she walks away. Okay, don't make her do what? I have to tell him no? Feel for him? She already feels for him. Oh, I don't know. Him kissing her is not going to change But it's, it's very clear in this moment that she has chosen Scott over She's But she's doing it in a way yeah, where she can change her mind. Because if some dude came up to me and, and stuck his face to my face, I would injure him. Yeah. She's Lori grinding it a little bit. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Just tell him to fuck off. But she's like, oh, I'll have him as a backup. I don't I don't like it. Um, on the Blackbird, on the way to the fight, uh, Magneto and, and uh, Mystique are fucking with Rogue. Again, I feel the need to point out that Mystique acted as a surrogate mom for Rogue in the comic books. And this relationship makes me unhappy in the movie. Her being an antagonist to Rogue like this makes me very unhappy. Yeah. But also we get a scene on the plane um, where Nightcrawler tells Mystique uh, that with her ability, she could hide all the time and blend in with with the normals. And she tells him she shouldn't have to. Yeah. That was, um, and that covers, that covers a lot of the groups that this story is an allegory for. Oh, that's not on the plane. Before they oh. take off, that conversation happens. Okay. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, because, like, African-American people who came out really pale historically have uh, been able to pass. Some of them have passed as white. You can't see my air quotes, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you shouldn't have to to get treated like a human being, but... Yes, Um, And same goes for uh, some masculine presenting uh, gay guys and feminine presenting gay women. You can pass, um, but you shouldn't have to hide yourself. Just get treated like a human being. And uh, and she said it in that way. Um, It was very subtle. And I I was pretty impressed that uh, her acting had come up so much because I don't think she could have pulled that off in the first movie. And then she goes to Wolverine's tent, uh, pretending to be Jean Grey. Well, don't ruin it. We don't know it's her. It's Jean Grey that climbs into his tent. And uh, Wolverine knows it's not her. He doesn't know it's not her first. And then he kicks her ass out of bed. No, you're messing up the whole story. (laughs) Jean Grey crawls into Wolverine's tent and is all smoochy smoochy. And he's like, oh, I'm into this. Yay. And then he lifts up her sleeve and sees the scars that he left from the last movie where he stabbed her. And then he's like, "Uh, get off of me, bitch. The way you told it, it's all spoilery. (laughs) I mean, they've they've probably watched the movie already. But he didn't know it was her right off. Fair enough. He He was into the smooching and then he... He was like, mm, I better check. Um, and then you fussed about her having scars. Yeah. Um, then on the plane uh, with the taunting, uh, Magneto tells Pyro that he is a god among insects. A god 
among insects and starts planting the seed to to win Pyro yeah, over. He's laying it on really thick. I feel like only a teenage boy would fall for that. Sure. Um, like he he plays with fire. It's really not that magical. They start discussing the battle plan for the assault. Um, and Magneto says he's not going to leave it up to chance. So then we see Wolverine walking up to the door, allows himself to be captured, gets brought in, and uh, for the second time in less than five minutes, we get the, but it's actually Mystique. <laughs> uh, and then she starts kicking some ass. Uh, they invade the compound. Storm and Kurt are going to go after the kids. Wolverine decides to go after Stryker by himself leaving uh, Jean and and the rest to go after Cerebro. I, um, while he's walking around here, I really, since nothing was going on, I could really look around at uh, what's going on. His uh, uniform, I realized the uniforms that they're all wearing are way better than the stuff that I've seen in, in comic book pictures and stuff. They're all fully clothed and look like they're fully protected. And they're, oh, yeah. and they're actually uniform, so yeah. they look like a team. Why don't they... Do they keep... I feel like they don't keep doing this. Well, the com- or the other X-Men movies are back in time because they like to drive me crazy. Yeah, the first class movies are earlier in time. These are really good uniforms. Um, yeah. And especially... I, I especially liked uh, Storm's... Uh, the way they brought the cape in uh, so she could fly, although they don't show her flying, but no. it was there. I enjoyed it. I, I agree. Yeah, but he he's... Uh, I mean, they look kind of soldiery, but they should they should look uniform. They should look like a team. Yeah. It makes them look more cohesive and more intimidating, like we, we've got our shit together and we know what we're doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So then we get a scene where Scott finally makes a reappearance. Uh, and he attacks. Uh, Where's he been? Was he? He was he captured. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with Xavier, um, and he's obviously under mind control because he attacks Gene and Magneto and them. Gene uh, says, "I got this," and Magneto's like, "This is one lover's quarrel that we don't want to be a part of." <laughs> and they slip off. Yeah, um, that was a really, really uh, clever way of saying, get me the fuck out of here. Um, the two of them fighting would not be pretty. They're fighting pretty hardcore. Jean's eyes flash red again as she stops Scott's optic blast. Optic blast. Wait, those are, they're not lasers, even though they look like lasers. They're not lasers. They're concussive percuss- blast. Oh, concussive. concussive. Not percussive, concussive. Yes. Why they need to do that better? And I don't like it. It looks like lasers, like Superman's lasers. They are solar powered, like Superman's. Oh, for Pete's sake! Okay, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, she she gets a little red flash in her eyes and is able to stop them. There's an explosion, uh, which breaks the mind control for him and injures her a little bit. We get a we get a quick flash that the dam is starting to break, and uh, Stryker knows that uh, his shit's about to collapse. But Jason is getting Xavier to. At this point, Jason has started getting Xavier to start looking for all the mutants. So we're on a time crunch. Uh, Wolverine finds the lab where he was injected with the adamantium. 
And we get a quick flash of that and the aftermath. Yeah. Um, this is a scene that we see a lot in the comic books. We go back to that a lot. I thought it was done well. And Stryker walks in with Yukio. Uh, we find out that she's been bonded with adamantium too. Uh, she's definitely Lady Deathstrike. Uh, we, she definitely has a healing factor like Wolverine, which is the only reason why she survived the process. And then we get lots of less stabby, stabby fight, fight. Yeah. Listen, did you notice the thing about Wolverine that's been driving me nuts is that he has claws that come out from between his knuckles and it injures him every time he uses them. He has to heal from it and it hurts. Yes. Her claws are the, her fingernails at the, uh, on her fingertips, which makes so much more sense. Yeah. But hers are like his are knives and hers are stilettos. Yeah. They they look well, okay, they look feminine. They're kind of you know, like a a rapier or a stiletto. They're slim and uh, but holy crap, are they somehow more intimidating looking than Wolverine? Oh, they absolutely are. They they look like stabby, scarier I don't know why, because sure. you'd think wolverines are bigger and thicker and, you know. His are claws and hers are uh, the, mechanically hers are, created weapons. Are they mechanically? In the books they are. And, and well, in the movie, they, I don't know. In the movie, they look just, they look like they're the same thing that he has. Just Longer it's like the difference thinner. between dog claws and cat claws. The cat claws are sharper and scarier. Okay. And ouchier. Yeah. But that was a that was a, I liked that though because it makes more sense to me. Like the claws are the fingernails, and then they just retract. It makes more sense. Ew. And that was a really well done stabby stabby fight scene. That yeah, I was having secondary stabby feelings all oh, over yeah. me every time. Oh God, I can feel it again now. Every time she would just viciously. You don't fuck with women because dudes will stab you, but a woman will stab you over and over and over and over again and enjoy the crap out of it. She just, ugh, my back hurts just thinking about it. She was stabbing him so viciously. And we think that he wins by drowning her. She comes back into the fight. No, we didn't think so because I was like, well, I guess she needs air. But I I knew she was coming back. They always come back. They always do. She's got to do a final jump up and and stab him the fuck over and over and over again. But he ends up winning by injecting her with Chekhov's liquid adamantium. One. The liquid adamantium in that little uh, crucible, which is square, which doesn't make any damn sense. You wouldn't do that. It needs to be round so that there aren't any corners for it to crust in. It was... It looked like... Um, it looked like water... Or gel that had sparkly, swirly stuff in it. It didn't even look like metal. And he kept talking about how, well, he does in a minute, says that once it hardens, it's, um, what did he say? Unbreakable. It's unbreakable on whatever. But you'd see uh, as the the metal is bubbling, there's parts uh, or, you know, bits of, of metal that are dripping around all over the place, not hardening. And it just looks like melted crayon all over the place. <laughs> they, I feel like they could have, you know, what they should have done is it should have looked like Mercury. Uh, you know how they did the uh, Terminator? Yeah. How he was all, he looked like Mercury um, when he got split open. That's what it should have been. The, the melted sparkly crayon was not doing it for me. 
And I feel like it wouldn't have killed her either. I don't understand why. I don't understand why that killed her. It didn't make a lot of sense. And it was coming out of her tear ducts. Yeah. Which makes no fucking sense. Your, your, your body cavity is not connected. Yeah, I'm not defending that kill. It was not a good kill. I didn't like it. Um, I would have liked the drowning better. Yeah. Because you can't heal from drowning if you're still in the water. That would have made more sense. Um, we get a quick scene of Pyro and Rogue and Bobby on the jet, and Pyro wants to go join the fight. And then uh, about this time... this Is, is this where... Uh, about this time, Xavier starts triggering all the mutants... Uh, and tinfoil, uh, Magneto's tinfoil hat <laughs> saves him. This part is really good, though. Um, when they show Mystique on the plane, um, and she's being affected by, uh, Professor X's, um, whatever mind thingy he's doing. He, they don't really say what he's doing. But, um, she starts flashing, like, different parts of her different people all at once. Oh, I missed that. I must have been right. Oh. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to go back and look at it um, when you go back and look at the other thing. Because um, she looked like a crazy quilt of different people for a second. Oh, and, she, and then she her face started switching. I'm sad I missed that. Um, it was really good. It it was almost seamless. It, that, was, um, that was worth the money they spent on it. Yeah. I mean, it was good enough that I made a note about it. Um, so, yeah, you definitely have to watch that again. Magneto uses his magnetism to pull the pins on all the grenades, on all the guards. They all fucking are now dead. Yeah, I can't decide which one of these powers I would want more. Because being Magneto is badass. Yeah. Being able to change the way you look is badass. Yeah. Being able to nope out of a room like Kitty Pride did is badass. Um... I'm really attracted to the whole slicey, slicey finger thing. <laughs> I I mean, if I had to pick, I would be in so much trouble. Because my, my go-to pick, anytime somebody asks me that question, is always flying. Because that's the dream, right? And, and now that's the lamest of the powers. Almost. Yeah. I mean, because it's not even really a... It's not a... I mean, it's an escape power. Welcome to conversations that us... Comic book nerds have been having since well, time immemorial. Okay, but our family has been having this oh, yeah. conversation um, our children's whole lives. This is the kind of thing that would start a two-hour-long argument. Yeah. And honestly, I think I might have... Not that I've, I've changed my mind so much. It's just that now things have muddied... <laughs> <laughs> seeing, seeing this movie has muddied my answer. Because I really don't know which one I would pick. Magneto uh, stops Xavier from hurting the mutants, uh, starts rearranging the panels in Cerebro. And whatever that means. And gets uh, Mystique to pretend to be Stryker to tell Jason, Jason that there's been a change of plans. Yeah. Uh, because now uh, Magneto... Why didn't he just lob his head off? Um, Magneto has decided that if the humans want a war... He's going to go ahead and win. Yeah, kind of with him on that one. Fuck around and find out, guys. It's it's really hard not to be on Magneto's side it sometimes. Is. Most of the time. I mean, even the stuff that he does I don't like. I, could, I understand why he's deciding to do things like that. I get it. Um, meanwhile, Logan catches up to Stryker, uh, stabs him. 
and they have a little talk where Stryker tells Wolverine that he was a volunteer. Yeah. I think this is set up for more movie story later. I think this is uh, the soldier voluntold situation. I, I don't know. This is not with the comics. I don't remember the exact line that this string goes. Again, it wasn't Stryker. It wasn't America. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've messed the story up as, as far as They haven't messed it there. up. They've just changed it. Okay, fair enough. Wolverine, uh, alarms start going off. The dam is collapsing. It's been collapsing for like 20 minutes. Yeah, but it's getting serious. Stryker says that Wolverine can uh, go with him and find out about his past, or he can die with his friends. Yeah, Um, I don't like either one of those options. And Wolverine doesn't either, so he ties Stryker to the plane and goes to save his friends. Worst tie job ever. I mean, he chains him to it, Yeah, and it's... Pretty easy to slip out of. Oh, Stryker starts freeing himself, and that's when uh, all of Xavier starts tapping into all the humans, and he starts feeling what he wanted for the mutants. The The heroes are locked out of Cerebro. Uh, the only way to get in would possibly is to blow off the doors and would possibly kill all the humans and Xavier. Which I, I don't understand why. I don't either, because plot... But they talk. What do the doors have to do with the machine? It's part of the reflective panel when the door is shut. Oh, for Pete's sake. Um, But they decide that Kurt is going to teleport Storm into Cerebro. Um, Kurt doesn't like to teleport where he he doesn't know the inside of it, which is true to the comics. Well, because you have to see where you're going. Yes, he has to know where he's going. He could have teleported over dead space. Or into a wall. Which would have been really easy for him to do. Um, but Storm says she trusts them. They do it. Yeah, yeah, but did you see her face when she hugged him? She didn't trust shit. <laughs> she just told him that so he'd feel better. Yeah. I mean, these two have a really good relationship in the comics, too. So she would have trusted him. Yeah, but in the movie. In the movie, it was iffy. And as soon as they get in there, she sees Jason uh, as a little girl and knows that shit ain't right. Yeah. Magneto uh, decides to get the fuck out of there. His objective is uh, is being met. He finds Stryker and ties him up better. <laughs> we'll come back to him. Uh, and they get ready to take off. Uh, they see Pyro and uh, he itches a ride with them. Meanwhile, Storm starts like turning Cerebro into a refrigerator. Um. Oh, yeah. Why is this the the way she's doing this? Because she does she can't see anything. So lowering the temperature in the place is the best way to make people stop. Like, I mean, it works. It gets cold. Jason can't maintain control. Xavier wakes up. I guess. She could have just made it really hot, too. I, I think cold is more bothersome than hot in a situation like this. You think so? Yeah. But if she made it really hot, then then Cerebro wouldn't have been able to function well. Maybe. Well, well yeah, I mean, because I mean, that's electronics. how electronics work. Fair. You get them hot, and they, you know, they know about. You get them cold, and they're like, "Ooh, I work better." Fair. Yeah. See. But humanity is saved. That and was easy. <laughs> 
and then the more immediate concern that the uh, entire complex is going to be flooded with water uh, and all the heroes start making a mad dash. Yeah. I mean, how much danger is this really? They're, they're reacting like humans and not superheroes because the water comes at them at a big wall. Um, I have the ability to freeze things. Oh, shit. I've got an idea. Let me freeze a wall of water and then the water cannot get us. Or I don't know. Um, I have the ability to make tornadoes. I'll just make a tiny tornado in front of the water and then it won't be able to push pests. Or I have the ability to like collapse part of the building into the tunnel so that the water can't come down the tunnel mm. with my optic blasts. Yeah, whatever. Or, or, um, oh wait, he doesn't have lasers, um, so he can't heat up the water and make it turn into steam. But, um, but I feel like... Yeah, any one of them like could, have, could have survived that on their own. Yeah, if they paused to think for two seconds. Rogue shows up with the Blackbird just in time. Poor Rogue. Uh, so they all, yeah, she... She was, I mean... Anna Paquin did a damn good job of looking scared to fucking death. She looked like she was, she's screaming, I'm going to die in her head. Um, Wolverine takes a moment to meet up with Stryker and throw his dog tag in his face. Uh, and then they get on the plane. Big woo. He he wasted time and walked that kid all the way over there yeah. in his arms just so he could go, fuck you, dad. Yeah, maybe if he had gotten on the plane quicker they wouldn't have had to deal with what they had to deal with <sighs> Xavier wants to go to Washington and talk to the president but the blackbird won't start mm-hmm. um, and we get one of the dumbest, dumbest decisions ever yeah somebody needs to explain this to me Jean decides that she's going to save them all by getting off the blackbird mm-hmm. and closing it up how'd she do that with her telekinesis Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how did she fix the plane? And then starting the plane with her telekinesis. Which they couldn't start by pushing the start button. And she couldn't have done from inside. Exactly. And then stopping the water with her mind in a... And she couldn't do that from the inside of the plane? So Until the blackbird takes off and then the water comes and crushes So her. how is the plane fixed now? I don't know, but... I, because the only explanation is somehow she fixed the plane so it could take off. Because if she drowned in the water and the only thing keeping the plane afloat was her floating the plane, then the plane stops floating in the air as soon as she dies. Yeah. So they need to go back and do a rewrite because that whole scene is bullshit. I do need to point out that while she's doing all of this, her eyes are flashing really red while she's draining her powers. They get a moment of mourning for her on the plane, and then we cut to... they the, don't have time for... Then we cut to the president getting ready to address the, the nation from the Oval Office, which the X-Men promptly interrupt. Yeah. For half a second, I didn't know what happened. Well, Xavier froze them again, and he explains that mutants aren't the bad guy, hands him a dossier on what Stryker's been doing. Yeah. That was a weird play, because... As far as he knew, the president knew exactly everything that Stryker was doing, and this was the president's plan. Except that Xavier could read the president's mind at any time and know the president's not a bad guy. Uh, Well, fair. Honestly, as strong as Xavier is, 
any time a candidate runs for president, Xavier has the power to determine whether or not that president is going to be good for the country and then influence the national vote so the person he wants to win would win. That's too much power. Yes. I don't like it. He would never do that, though, because he's a good guy. Why, from the tone of your voice and the expression on your face, do I get the impression that he has indeed in the comic books done such a thing? Not to my knowledge, no. But you insinuated it with your face. (laughs) I just, he has so much power that they occasionally have to kill him off and take him off the chessboard so that the other mutants can learn to, like, do their own thing without him. And then, of course, they bring him back to life because nobody stays dead. Because they got, or Supernatural got their ideas for storyline from the comic books, clearly. Um, But the president decides not to, like, round up all the mutants and put them in prison. Uh, So we go back. Well, he decides because he knows he's not going to win. Possibly. Um, We cut back to the mansion. With Scott, Xavier, Wolverine discussing the loss of Jean. They feel really bad about it. Uh, obviously, they've lost someone they care about. Wolverine tells Scott that she had chosen him. That was fucked up. Uh, Excuse me. Her boyfriend didn't know that that whole conversation went down, and he did not need to be told that. What Wolverine just did was say, Hey, I gave her the choice to choose between you and me. Um, and, she, and something intimate went down. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but she picked you. That was unnecessary. And then uh, with no after credit scene, the last scene is cutting back to Alkali Lake. Uh, and there is a shadow on the water. Yeah, whatever that was. But we also get um, Professor X basically hinting that, or not Professor X, um, Jean Grey herself is talking. Uh, and we get the hint that uh, that she's not dead. Like somewhere, Professor X hears her brain and knows and, that everything and is knows gonna everything's going to be okay. I I didn't like that. Okay, so this is where the whole movie they've been telling us what was going to happen, and you didn't catch it because you're not a reader, although you should have because you've seen this story. Okay, what is Jean's code name? Sometimes. I thought Jean Grey didn't have a code name. Until? Oh, no. What? Phoenix. That's not Jean Grey. Yes. It's not the Jean Grey. It's not the same actress in the movie. No. Well, fuck them. They. How am I supposed to know this? Hold on. No. How am I supposed to know that that's the same damn person when it's not the same actress? Because it's the same character. How am I supposed to know that? So all of the times that her eyes have flashed red throughout this movie, uh-huh. we've been seeing the Phoenix Force starting to ignite. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know who she was because there's only one person in the entirety of moviedom that flashes red eyeballs. No, not the only person. Excuse me. But they've well, been letting us know that this is what's coming. No, they haven't. The only they've been letting you know, clearly, <laughs> but they weren't letting me know shit. The only time in the books that Jean has been strong enough to stop Scott's optic blast mm-hmm. is when she was the Phoenix. I, I know that I watched that Phoenix movie. I liked that Phoenix movie. Did they ever call her Jean Grey in the Phoenix movie? Yes. Did they? 
Yes. Uh, and had I seen these movies when I watched that one? Yes. No. I've never seen this movie before. I, the first time I ever saw this movie was Friday. I, I did not know that was the same damn person. So. Well, you just ruined that whole movie for me. So this is not, this is not the same instance? You did not tell me before. You told me she didn't have a code name. You lied. No. Go back and re-listen to the podcast. I told you that later on, when she becomes the Phoenix, she takes the code name Phoenix. Her daughter ends <sighs> up adopting it. See, here, here's the thing. That's what happened. You gave me 10,000 other pieces of trivia and the first sentence I didn't hear. Okay. You you have to stop this, doing that. This One is, piece of trivia at a time. This is not the way the Phoenix is supposed to emerge from Jean Grey. Many people were simultaneously excited about the fact that we were getting the Phoenix story and upset that this is how we were getting it. Well, I don't even... Oh, my God. No, I don't remember. I'm, see, I'm, and we're going to watch that movie again, but by the time we get to watching that movie, I'm going to forget that I'm supposed to be looking out for them calling her Jean. It's all right. You'll why, see, this mm, This is why I'm upset at Marvel. They keep picking different actors to do the same damn part. I don't remember people's names in movies unless people actually say the name more than once. And I'm telling you right now, if they said her name in the Phoenix movie, it was like one damn time, and I didn't know the name well enough. It's okay. You will by then. Well, I'm aggravated. Because you're going to actually be paying attention. Well, yeah, but but you you were making it seem like I was missing something incredibly obvious, but for someone who doesn't read the comic books, it was not. Well, that's fine. It will become incredibly obvious. And they will do the Phoenix poorly, and then they'll end up going back and redoing it. Yeah. So it'll be okay. Oh, so you mean there's going to be a crap Phoenix story before the movie I actually liked? Probably. What do you mean probably? Is there No, I mean, there? I don't know that it's crap crap, but it's not done as well as Dark Phoenix. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, so, okay, but this is, I'm just, I'm just pointing out right now, this is the stuff that aggravates me. I know. Because they shouldn't be redoing things. They should do it right the first damn time. We have made it to... The part of the podcast where we talk about Stacy's highlights. Yes, my highlights. I got a couple. Good quotes from the movie. Sometimes anger can help you survive. Yeah, you know I like that one. Okay. And uh, Nightcrawler's reply was, Faith can do. Shut up. <laughs> and the other one, uh, huh. oh, where'd it go? Um, the other one was uh, one that... Um, was spray-painted on the wall inside of uh, the abandoned building. Okay. Um, I didn't see it. You're, you read it out loud, and I was like, oh, that needs to be the podcast name. Um, Nature Laughs Last. I like that. Because if you know me at all, you know one of my favorite movie genres is End of the World. Yeah. I've seen almost every End of the World movie, including some obscure ones from the 70s that nobody's ever heard of that were amazing. I love it when everybody dies, but like one or two people. It's my favorite thing. I frequently daydream of being the last person left on Earth. And like the the Twilight Zone episode, uh, being alone on the planet with every book that's ever been written and plenty of time to read them all. And the running theme is that nature takes over rather quickly as soon as we all disappear. And without us, the planet is great. And I, I think our poor planet needs a break from humans because we're a disease. Uh, and a scourge. Uh, but that's another podcast. Uh, so those are the two quotes 
that I liked. And I'm supposed to pick the best thing in the movie. Yes. You know, the um, the computer-generated thing that I liked the most was the mystique flipping around and being different people. You know, that was really well done. Um, You know, it's hard to pick. I liked this movie enough that it's difficult for me to pick the best thing in it. I really liked Kitty Pride noping out of bed into the downstairs. That was it looked good. It looked realistic. Oh yeah. And not one time did I go, oh, that was a computer generated thing. They did it really well. Mystique was better in this one, and she didn't look like some over the top comic book character. Watching the bitch that kept popping her fingers die was really good because I wanted to kill her myself. I don't know. The best thing in the movie. I honest. Oh, you know. Okay, the probably the coolest thing in the movie that I really liked was that the women were actually themselves this time. And the the tornadoes all over the place was, first of all, really good computer graphics. Uh, they did not look fake, but the women were actually badass in this movie and were they were allowed to be their full characters. They listened um, to our last last podcast and made some corrections. <laughs> they went back in time. Yeah. Oh, but the sad thing was uh, we didn't get a Stan Lee no cameo and no after credit scene. Yeah. Like, is this even a Marvel movie? <laughs> you, If we'd seen this in the theater, you would have made me sit there yep. for 20 dang minutes for nothing. I actually really enjoyed this. It was story-driven. All the fight scenes made sense and weren't over the top. Everything made sense. Nothing jumped out at me that was like a plot hole or... Yeah, I'm looking back at my notes. Um, the, the Jean Grey thing. That the whole, um, you know, her sacrificing herself, that was unnecessary. I didn't like that. Well, but other than, other than that one thing, which is probably the one, the only thing I would really point out that that I would have absolutely done differently. That's it. And to me, that's a fucking miracle. Yeah. Well, I did not think. I mean, because I liked the movie Logan that you made me go watch in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I did not think I was going to actually care about these movies at all and look at that i would watch it again if, if that tells you anything yeah i mean just like you're struggling to find a best part i struggled to find a worst part because aside from the story decisions some of which i know why they're doing and others uh just for convenience sake yeah i don't have a worst part like i, I really don't this movie was well done yeah i would say that this movie um unlike all the others uh, and you have to watch the first X-Men movie for this one to make any sense. Yeah. But I would actually, like, say, tell Sarah, uh, if you want to get brownie points with the kids, watch X-Men and then X2. Because they're, um, the two of them together are really good. Yeah. Um, I would watch them again. And I would definitely recommend them to somebody who doesn't really like comic book movies to say, you know what, here's a comic book movie. That's comic booky. It's got the stories and it's got fighting and it's got all that, but it's not over the top and ridiculous. I and I have to say I I'm a little bit irritated that you were right, uh, and I am shocked that I actually enjoyed them. Okay. I, mean, I knew the ones with with Hugh Jackman were done better than the rest of them, but I did not think I was going to enjoy it this much. Yeah. Not one time did I wish I had my phone. Not once. 
I mean, I was yelling at the TV a couple of times because they made strategic decisions I wouldn't have made. But I like a movie that that makes me yell at it. Okay. I, I'm impressed, and I'm shocked. So that goes right to putting this movie on the Marvel list. Okay, and I'm going to say right off the top, this has to go above the first X-Men movie. Okay. For the reasons I already stated. Yeah. But... It goes all the way up there. Above Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, because that's the only thing above the original X-Men um, right now. Yeah, I think so. What okay. do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I am partial to the X-Men anyway. I love Spider-Man, yeah. but I love X-Men more. And I, I think, trying to be objective, I think this is objectively better than Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man. I had problems with that movie. Yeah. But it was the best of the bunch. Yeah. I have no problems with this movie that aren't explained by they're trying to write a movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Okay. X2, 2003, number one. Uh, add us if you disagree. <laughs> I I mean, it would be hard to... Um, it would be hard to disagree, I think. No, I mean, there are... I'm I mean, sh- unless, unless you're just like... As Spider-Man all the way kind of fan. My problem with Spider-Man is I've seen and heard that origin story. It just, it's only, it's been less movies than I thought it had been. uh, Because it feels like they've done it a million times. Uh, I know that story is annoying. That was a good Spider-Man movie. But this was an excellent movie, period. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, all right, that's the Marvel list. Um, what are we uh, watching next week? Hulk. The 2003 Hulk. Um, Not the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Just no, Hulk. Just the regular Hulk. Just Hulk. He's not incredible. Uh, who's playing Hulk? Is this a person that we know? Isn't it like Eric Bana, who I will show you a picture of right here? Yeah, I do know his face. Um... And Jennifer Conley plays Betty Ross. Sam Elliott's in the I'm movie. So, wait, well, Betty Ross? Yes. General Ross's daughter's name is Betty. Betty Ross. Yeah. They thought that was a good idea? I mean, why not? Because it's really close to Betsy Ross and it's kind of goofy. She would have been made fun of that for that. I know she's not a real person, but come on. Um, yeah, this movie was not super well received. Uh, they ended up making another one five years later, if it tells you anything. I wonder if Mimi still has this movie, do you think? I don't know. We bought another copy. Oh, did we? Yeah. Well, what were we thinking? It was in Goodwill, and we were collecting them all because <laughs> we didn't have Disney Plus at the time. Plus, I don't think that one's on Disney Plus. Well, if I was Disney Plus, I wouldn't have it on there. Yeah. No, I don't know. I say that just because I'm prejudiced against it because it it's, doesn't have it's Ed not Norton. Norton. It. Like, well, that's, that's it, it probably would have been a fine movie. If if I hadn't seen Edward Norton, yeah, I just remember trying to watch it and not caring because it just wasn't as good. Yeah, we'll find out next week. Yeah, what if I love it and you hate it? I, you know what? That would almost be par for the course of the movies we've watched so far. Well, yeah, this is a really weird thing that's developing. Are yeah. we going to turn you into not a fan? No. Could I possibly win? No. Because if you turn into not a fan, and I do turn into a fan, I win twice. (laughs) 
I like that. Let's let's go for that one. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, if you want to explain to us why we're wrong about anything, or you could just praise our rightness um, and tell us how genius we are. Sure. Uh, we're at Marvel Movie Night Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at Movie Night Pod. And we're on Facebook under Marvel Movie Night. Um, go ahead and give us some, some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. You know, and constructive criticism is acceptable. Yeah. We'll take it. And those links are in the show notes. Um, if you're like me and can't spell. <laughs> I um, love you. But please uh, subscribe and comment on your podcatcher. Uh, that'll help other people find us. Podcatcher? Yeah, you know, like the i the Apple Podcasts or the Google Podcasts or Spotify. Did you just make I that Heart. up? No, that's a thing. Podcatcher. Podcatcher. Yeah. How have I been listening to podcasts for like 15 years now and I've never heard that term? I don't know. You just made that up. I did not make that up. I swear you did. I've never heard it. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah. Uh, comment and rate us, please. That'll that'll make it easier for other people to find us and, and grow the community. And uh, join us next week. For Marvel Movie Night.